Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Black Klansmen in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Black Klansmen is a new film coming out, uh, already out from... Uh, Spike Lee, pretty notable, recognizable name as a director. He's uh, put out some movies before that most people are pretty familiar with, including, but not limited to, Do the Right Thing, Inside Man, 25th Hour, Malcolm X, um, Jungle Fever, He Got Game, She's Gotta Have It, so on and so on and so on. Uh, he is pretty... Uh, you know he he's a he's a pretty recognizable director as far as the films he's made and the, and the decisions he d- makes within the film and his style and um, I don't know that I would go so far as to as to call him uh, necessarily an auteur but I think he he definitely borders on that line pretty uh, pretty pretty closely and Black Klansman directed by Spike Lee uh, written by Spike Lee and others stars John David Washington, who is the son of Denzel Washington. Uh, Also stars Adam Driver, Laura Harrier, Topher Grace, Corey Hawkins, among others. And uh, it tells the story of Ron Stallworth, who is a person I had no idea who he was uh, before this movie. But he was an African-American police officer in Colorado, who managed to infiltrate the clue the Ku Klux Klan, and uh, that is pretty remarkable. That's a that 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 idea already is a fantastic basis for a story, and uh, Spike Lee really takes that idea and runs with it in this movie. It it really pushes the boundaries of what you might think is possible, and then you know to find out to know that it's a real story. Um, at least rooted in reality in many senses, uh, is is just astonishing. So, uh, already from from the premise, I was very intrigued, very excited to see this, very very much looking forward to it. Uh, took a little longer to get around to it than I would have liked, but I did. And Black Klansman is 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 pretty good. I, I really liked it. I I think it's not my favorite Spike Lee movie. Uh, which is Do the Right Thing. Uh, I don't even think it would be my second favorite Spike Lee movie, which is Inside Man. But it's a very good movie with some fantastic performances. And it's it's incredibly evocative. Uh, it, it really does push the envelope, and not just in a racial uh, commentary way, um, but but in... But more than that, you know, it, it it really stretches what you can, you kind of feel comfortable laughing at, uh, as well as also, you know, how, um, you know, you know, I, I think the movie just kind of wants to push push buttons and and test limits, and I think it does that. Uh, for on the comedic side, as well as on the drama side, as well as on the social issue side, all all of them, and uh, it it really is a movie of its time. 
uh, its time being 2018, uh, but also it's a movie that takes place decades ago. And to be as relevant as it is today is uh, striking, uh, especially given the subject matter. So there is a lot to, to work through in this movie, and if you go into it uh, kind of expecting, I don't know, I, there's really not, you, you can go into this expecting more of a satire, more of a comedy, and I think that's not really what this is. I think uh, it, it is definitely making fun of uh, the time and the Ku Klux, Ku, Ku Klux Klan and their entire way of being, and, and especially uh, David Duke, uh, who was the at the time head of the Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan, but it's not a satire in that way. It's you know it's it's far less sorry to bother you uh, in that way. But on the other side, if you go in expecting this to be a very racially charged drama with with very potent themes and messages, you know, it has that, it definitely has that, but, you know, there's just, there's enough comedy elements going on that you do get this, um, this levity, and, and the movie gives you these moments where, uh, you, you watch a character bumbling around, or, and it just kind of drops the weight out of the scene, and in some cases, I think that's a strength. I think that's a strong aspect of the movie. Uh, in other cases, I, I don't know that that is the case. I think that there are a couple of moments in this movie where I don't want the bottom to fall out. I want it to feel heavy. I want to feel the impact. I want to, you know, maybe even more. I, you know, I think there are definitely scenes where I wish Spike Lee would have gone further uh, and and really taken taken. Um, taking things to task, taking, taking this message to task, because, you know, you are, you know, this is a movie that kind of finds this, this balance between sorry to bother you on one side, and I would put the other side of that scale uh, as Detroit um, from last year, Catherine Bigelow's film. You know, Detroit, not a comedy, not funny at all. It is a harsh, harrowing look at a very, very racially charged situation. And, you know, Black Klansman has those moments. It really does. And um, it, it really is trying to hit harder at uh, the sort of ingrained uh, systematic racism that Detroit really represented. Um, whereas... You know, on the Sorry to Bother You side, I think the, the, what it shares with Sorry to Bother You, it really feels more like a, um, uh, not not poking fun, but like a, a comedy making sure that, you know, this is something you feel comfortable talking about. You know, I, I don't, not that you shouldn't feel comfortable talking about the Detroit side of things and, and the really rough and disparaging elements of, of what those films are talking about, but just... You know, it's very easy to discuss the what's happening in Sorry to Bother You because it is so ridiculous, because it is so insane, and and the movie goes to so many very very odd and and out there places, and Black Klansman has you know just the very premise of it has that side to things, and so it, it lets you feel a little, a little more comfortable in in the film and a little more comfortable with with 
what you're seeing. Um, and and I, I like and I don't like that. I, I like that, but also, you know, I think the, the, the notion of a, of a black man infiltrating the KKK is funny and it's portrayed humorously. And yet, at the same time, that's terrifying, right? Like, I, 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 this is one of my smaller critiques, but, you know, John David Washington, who plays Ron Stallworth, he is not ever shown to be, to really be terrified of, of what's taking place. Uh, you know, he is shown to be angry. Uh, he's shown smiling and making fun of people a lot. Uh, he is occasionally afraid, but not of this greater situation, not of this greater circumstance, but of, you know, very singular moments. Um, you know, there's a scene where he is being chased uh, at one point. And so rightfully, you know, he he's, he's afraid in that instant. But like in a grander scheme, you know, this isn't, something he's he's worried about and you know as as powerful and as as um life-changing for you know a lot of people this this event is and could be and you know obviously he can recognize that that this is a huge huge task he is undertaking i I can't even uh, you know it 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 seems in, insane that the circumstances of what of which he and and also Adam Driver find themselves in aren't more terrifying. You know, you know, it's 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 a system. It's a it's a they're they're it is a what what uh, it's a case that they're working that. Literally one one mis misstep could completely unravel the whole case, and beyond that, you know, result in his death. Uh, and and I never felt like he felt like that was the situation. And maybe that's a conscious decision uh, on on Spike Lee or John David Washington, in such that like you know you he doesn't want you to see this main character, uh, you know, concerned for his own well being when what he's doing is for the greater good and I, I I can find I can understand that I can make sense with that but you know it, it does kind of lend itself to this slightly hyper realized state that Spike Lee puts this movie in uh, so there's that um, furthermore uh, to kind of expand into the other characters uh, you have Adam Driver who I mentioned who plays the uh, in-person version of Ron Stallworth, the white face of Ron Stallworth when other people asked to meet him uh, with John David Washington as his voice on the phone. And I remember, like, knowing the premise before the movie, I was concerned that because of this, Adam Driver was going to get a lot more screen time than John David Washington. Uh, and I think that that's not how it should have been. And I wasn't sure how they were going to keep John David Washington, like, in the spotlight as often. And I was I was impressed that the film was able to find that balance. You know, we get to see a lot of uh, John David Washington outside of the the case, and and you know, working uh, alongside uh, Adam Driver in other situations, as well as on the phone. A lot of situation calls on the phone to uh, Topher Grace's David Duke, 
And then a lot of scenes with Laura Harrier, who kind of his girlfriend, um, Patrice, who runs the local school. Uh, um, I forget the t- title of it, uh, but it, it's like the African-American chapter of the, the college or whatever, uh, student union or something. And so, you know, we do get a lot of moments of that. And, and you know, we get to see him at the police station. We get to see him interacting with his superiors and, and making sure that, you know, one, he is able to continue this investigation. Two, he and and two, that he is not uh, letting things get too far out of hand and, and putting too many people at risk. And, and you know, it, it, it does, you do get more than enough of, of John David Washington's performance, uh, which I, I liked, which I really enjoyed. I thought he did a really great job. Uh, as did Adam Driver, you know, it's it's man like the character of Adam Driver plays is a very fascinating one. He is a born I I don't know what he was born as, but at at the present time in the movie, he is effectively Jewish, uh, and then he is playing a member of the Ku Klux Klan. He is playing a white Aryan person who is conceived by a black man and it, it's it's all very complicated and what where where the movie nearly pushed me into a place where I was I was just going to be head over heels in love with this character and this performance there's a scene between John David Washington and Adam Driver where you know, Adam Driver kind of is like, look, this is getting out of hand. This is ridiculous. Like, we're getting way too deep into this. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't feel comfortable in it. This is, you know, this isn't my fight. And John David Washington kind of just like, dude, <laughs> like, it's not just black people. They hate, they don't like Jews. They don't like yeah, all these other kinds. And like, that includes you. And, and like, there's this great conversation between them. I really enjoyed that scene. But then... Uh, that kind of issue, that, that issue just gets kind of dropped. And we're left to intr- extract from that scene that that's all we needed to convince Adam Driver to continue to perform in his duties. And, you know, maybe that maybe that is the case, uh, but never gets brought up again. Uh, I, I think there's a lot more that could have, be, could have been unpacked from that moment and, and that theme and that message, and it, it really wasn't. Uh, but to that, to, to the movie's kind of credit, it, it is very long, and you would have to cut some other stuff if you wanted to explore that further. And I definitely think the movie is overlong. It's two and a, two hours and fifteen minutes. Uh, there's a good chunk of time I think you could have taken out of this, but it is. Um, I don't know. I really wanted a little more from this relationship, from this dynamic between Ron Stallworth and Adam Driver's character, Flip Zimmerman. Uh, I think that there's a lot of interesting things to, to look into there. Um, that being said, moving on from that, you have Laura Harrier, who plays uh, Patrice, who is kind of Ron Stallworth's girlfriend, also uh, the, the student union president. And she uh, is fighting for liberation of, of all people. And she thinks that John David Washington is 
not. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a very tenuous and strained relationship between the two of them as, you know, he's not really able to be completely honest about what he's doing and this undercover investigation he's working on and how, you know, he kind of used her connections with uh, Corey Hawkins' character of Kwame Ture uh, to kind of get some insight into this situation. And it just is all kind of muddled and fr- and, and uh, mixed up together. And that, situ- that relationship as well, I feel like, has uh, definitely got a little more, a lot more screen time than the John David Washington Adam Driver's relationship but I do think it still felt a little undercooked for me it felt uh, like there was more to get into there and you know the movie touches on a lot this this distinction between you know as as Laura Harry as they kind of argue about at least once the notion that you can do you can make any changes for the better for the state of black people from the inside. Uh, and, you know, Laura Harrier says, you can't. John David Washington says, why not? I feel like I can, uh, knowing for a fact that he, you know, is. And she doesn't, isn't aware of that. So it, it's, it's, you know, and, and this is kind of the backdrop of the movie, which is kind of building towards this, this race riot, this race war, this, this, violent conflict between the Ku Klux Klan and and the African-American Student Union and uh, it it doesn't it feels like a, a a message and a theme and a moment that needed to be uh, pushed forward uh, and yet it isn't and I, I think because we have the John David Washington Adam Driver conflict, because we have the John David Washington Laura Harrier conflict, you know, we spend a little bit of time on this message and a little bit of time on this one and a little bit of time on this one over here. And it ultimately kind of doesn't give any of these these themes enough time to manifest and to really gain prominence when about half of the movie is spent devoted to the KKK and the infiltration of that, which is the primary focus. And uh, I think if you would, if if Spike Lee maybe had stuck to just one backdrop, one theme underneath the surface, I think that could have been a stronger, more concrete and concise film. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know that for sure, but I feel like that would have would have at least centered things in a sense. Um, and I, I I think that that. If I had to pick one, I would have picked the Adam Driver relationship because obviously you have to have Adam Driver in this movie, and if he's not involved outside of the investigation, then then you know his character kind of suffers, and I think you know it's a lot easier to focus on that side of things than anything else. Um, moving on to Topher Grace as David Duke. Oh boy, uh, he was great. As David Duke, he was kind of weaselly, which is great. You know, Tover Grace, perfect for that. Um, easily manipulated, but also, you know, just blatantly, blatantly in your face uh, racist, as, you know, he should be, as, a, as that character. And uh, just, <laughs> it, it, you know, he, and, and I guess to kind of move beyond that, the entire, all the members of the KKK that we see in this movie... They are, for the most part, um, pretty 
one dimensional. We get this, we get some absolutely ridiculous scenes of just, you know, one character and his wife lying in bed talking about, you know, how absolutely deliriously happy they are that they are finally going to like, that they are finally like able to be racist and able to like take care of all these problem problematic black people and it just it's it it almost is it's kind of presented comedically you know you're laughing at how brazen and absurd this situation is and yet i bet it isn't that ridiculous i bet there are plenty of couples that have that have said similar things you know laying in bed together but you know spike lee presents it in this very comedic fashion and it's it's jarring it's it's kind of jarring because you you know we get a lot of scenes with like the kkk chapter and and all these white guys who hate every single you know non-white non-pure-blooded individual and you know you expect that and you go into those scenes and you're aware that they're going to be dropping you know words and and phrases and and references uh, that are completely inappropriate and they do so and like that's not very shocking um on the surface level given the context of the movie and then you cut but but at the same time but you're not expecting you know this sort of vulnerable situation this vulnerable circumstance where uh, these people are, you know, just in bed, in bed, or or just like having a casual conversation with their wives, or or something. You know, the wife character, uh, and I don't remember Connie Kendrickson, uh, who played by Ashley Atkinson. Her character is is easily the the most hateable character in the movie for me. Uh, she is the one laying in bed. She is the one going on and on about how about you know getting rid of black people and how it's like been their dream and blah, 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 whatever um and and it just it's it's really really not a scene you've seen before you know we've seen groups of white people in movies you know talking about you know killing black people and and being racist overtly racist subtly racist you know passively aggressively racist you know all just different kinds but you know, and, and, you know, you've seen movies, uh, you know, you can go from, like, Django Unchained to The Help to, you know, there's a million movies we've seen with, with very obvious racial over and undertones, and I'd never seen a scene uh, or a character portrayed and written the way that Ashley Atkinson's Connie Kendrickson was written. Uh, That was just very uncomfortable. You know, there's a group scene of the of the clan uh together at an event where she is very loud and very boisterous and it is very uncomfortable it is very 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 uncomfortable um just to the extent where you can't even it doesn't even feel real and and that is is shocking, you know. When that, for me at least, you know, this is how how I felt at least was that was the most unreal character in this movie, and 
and you know she is just just a smile on her face happy as can be um you know doing these absolutely unspeakable acts and it's not like it's it's malicious it's not even you know cruel or or mean-spirited she is just happy as a clam and you know there in her, her you can tell on her face you can tell in the way she talks she, she she couldn't possibly imagine in her wildest dreams that any of the things that she does in this movie were were wrong or had any negative connotation associated with them whatsoever uh there is a scene towards the end of the film involving her uh which is one of the scenes that I think the bottom drops out a little too much uh, as far as the weight of the scene, but it then flips back on itself uh, a few minutes, a few a minute or so later, um, and her reaction to what happens at that in that scene and, and what she says and what she's able to accomplish with what she says is uh, is is really. You know, it's infuriating to watch and to see and to feel how absolutely wrong and insane what she does is is, and how and and you know you go through that state those stages of you know like well obviously that's ridiculous and then all of a sudden it's well no obviously that's not ridiculous at this point in time with this current situation and. You know, obviously, this is exactly what would have happened, and and then you just kind of are resigned to this sort of fact of, yeah, this is, that's where we're at, and it's it's depressing and frustrating and painful, in a lot of senses, to watch uh, and experience. Um, so yeah, so she she was she was on fire in that movie definitely uh not a character i expected <laughs> i i don't know i don't think i'd seen or heard about her at all previous prior to the movie but she really sticks with you when the movie's over and then the last last character I wanted to talk about is Corey hawkins who uh plays kwame Ture. if you have if you don't know who that is uh he was in kong skull island uh he was the uh black guy who worked with um he played he, he worked with the um which ones uh he worked with uh the, the john goodman's character and he was also in straight out of compton uh, as dr dre so those are those are his two biggest roles before this and uh, and here he plays Kwame Ture, who is a a member of the Black Panthers and uh, a motivational speaker about black liberation and and the movement to to you know freedom for everybody. And he gets like two scenes in the movie, but man is 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 one of them incredibly powerful. He basically just dictates and speaks to a a group. Uh, the the uh, African American Student Union run by Laura Harrier's Patrice, and he he gives such a fantastic uh, such fantastic dictation, and you know his his delivery and 
message is so fan so wonderfully presented he was fan I, I loved this moment it's it's it gets the crowd riled up he talks about you know being uh it's it's interesting you know because obviously the point of this rally the point of this this speech is to incite uh a revolution really and but yet if you dig underneath if you actually are you know if you're listening and paying attention to what he's saying and and not just kind of letting yourself be drawn into the emotion in his voice uh you know he's he's saying all the right things you know he is saying you know you know be true to yourself don't let uh, the rest of society dictate who you should be. Let your, you know, don't be ashamed of who you are and what you look like and the color of your skin and, you know, this, that, and the other. You know, embrace those things because those are what make you you and those are those are part of you and they should not be, you, you should not hate them. You should not be afraid of them. And his his message is fantastic. I, I, and, you know, you, you get this sense that, you know, you're watching this, and John David Washington's character is in the audience, listening and watching, and you know he's uh, observing, and and he's, you know, you can feel that he's there on an assignment, and yet obviously the words resonate very much with him. They have, you know, they can't not resonate, and uh, you know even Adam Driver and his partner listening outside from the car they can understand it you, you know maybe not quite as much maybe not to any of the same levels or extents that that john david washington or anybody else in that crowd do but they do understand it they they can feel what's happening and then the rhythm and, and the the emotions packed inside of this speech and it is it's just such a, it's one of the more powerful moments of the film for me um it, it it really resonates and is is uh, one of the more empowering and, and inspiring aspects of the film, uh, and I, I really 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 enjoyed that moment. Uh, so uh, moving outside of that and and kind of checking in on the film and and where I find I, where I put it on, on a scale. It's very, very good. It's a very good movie. Uh, it is a little unfocused at times. Uh, it feels, you know, there are scenes where you, you know, the teeth. It has a lot. It has teeth, and it's, it's, you know, really taking a bite out of something. And and then I think there are other scenes where it, it kind of neuters itself. And that's a tough, a tough balance to strike. You know, there's some fantastically beautiful edited mo mo uh, moments in the movie. Where you have, um, I think that the student union having a meeting is intercut with uh, the KKK having their own meeting, and in you know different uh, moments in this scene, you have people in the KKK as voiceover as we're watching the the African American student union and vice versa, and and that that entire sequence was beautifully uh, scripted, beautifully shot, beautifully edited. Uh, you have, there's this, uh, you know, when you're listening to the Corey Hawkins, uh, Kwame Ture's character talk, uh, Spike Lee makes this very f interesting uh, decision to 
just kind of pull up faces from the crowd onto a black background, and I thought that was really fascinating. Uh, you have the sort of requisite uh, conveyor belt scene in the movie um, that Spike Lee loves to do, and it just, it's a very strong movie. It really tries to hit hard on a lot of social issues. There's a scene that is very, very obviously about the current <laughs> political climate, and yet doesn't feel, it feels a little on the nose, but, you know, not in a bad way. It does feel, it doesn't feel like it wouldn't be a conversation that was had. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. I loved, I really enjoyed the dynamics in the police office, uh, the police station between all of the, the cops. And I think that the trajectory of that situ those situations really works for me and and ends in a place i really liked uh, especially one of those the last scene on the phone oh my goodness is is hilarious and brilliant which is then immediately followed by um some of the most terrifying <laughs> scenes uh in the movie which aren't quite in the movie but if you've seen it you know what i mean but you, you'll see it if you do go see it and it's it's just I don't know it's a good movie and we've been getting a lot of these good politically racially charged films this year uh, and I think that's a fantastic thing I think that's a great uh, uh, improvement over the past uh, you know the film opens with a scene from Gone Gone with the Wind which I watched in theaters. Uh, not too long ago and you know I watched it in a packed theater and you know people loved Gone with the Wind and it's a great movie you know Gone with the Wind fantastic but it is problematic in in ways and uh, so you get to kind of I don't know experience things from a different point of view and I think Black Klansman represents a, a much better point of view in that regard. So I really enjoyed it. Um, looking as far as the spreadsheet's concerned, what rating I'm going to give this movie. Have not rated it yet. I'm a little bit behind um, the ratings. But I'm looking at something in the mid-70s right now. Uh, I was thinking a little bit higher before, but you know, uh, the longer I've had to sit with it, I've, I've dropped it a few points here and there. Um, because it is a little overlong, it is a little spread thin at times, but I really did enjoy it. Uh, relative to Sorry to Bother You, I definitely like this more, and I think this is a better movie, so there is that. Um, but yeah, uh, Black Klansman uh, is a definite success from Spike Lee, and where I'm expecting to put it, Puts it, I'll probably will make it my third favorite Spike Lee movie, uh, just ahead of Rodney King, which is um, more of a documentary uh, and sort of stand-up performance than it is a film uh, by oh, um, Roger Gunver Smith. But I, I absolutely love this this special, this Netflix, you know, one-man show. And uh, yeah, it's Roger Gunver Smith is is brilliant. 
So, uh, yeah, that's Black Klansman. I'm a fan, and I recommend it. I think it's, it's worth a look, definitely. So, thank you for listening to today's episode. Uh, if you want to check out more episodes and things like that, you can head over to circleoffilm.com for that and a lot more. See, uh, you know, if you check this out later today, um, I should be deep enough into inputting numbers into my spreadsheet to have any, uh, if this makes it in, onto any of the Circle of Film Award nominations at the moment, it will show up there later. If you would like to follow me, find me, uh, you can do that on Twitter at Circle of Film or through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. If you would like to support the show, you can do so for as little as eight cents an episode at patreon.com slash circle of film thank you so much for today listening and as always have a week so long farewell i'll be the same good night i know she'll never leave me even as she fades from Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.